One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. everyone uh, welcome back to what's biz live from our brangaroo studios we kick off the afternoon as usual with the call 10 stocks picked by you i put them to two experts we do it all in one hour on this wednesday the 20th of july and great to have our two experts with us today we've got a lot to get through rudy philippek van dyke from fn arena rudy good to see you Welcome aboard. In this case, it's mutual, Oh, I'm glad it is. Uh, What a lovely way to kick off. Uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Um, Henry, how are you? Welcome, sir. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, great to be here, Koshi. Got to say, yeah. good to be here, Rudy. Uh, yeah, it's um, we got a lot, a lot happening at the moment. Uh, first five stocks in uh, the first half hour. We're going to cover premium. Race, uh, Reese, rather, Global International, Stanmore Coal and Cochlear. Stock of the day, I'm a bit cheeky. I thought we'd do a bit of a round the grounds. There's a lot happening in corporate news today. Megaport saw its revenue jump up by more than 10% quarter on quarter. Also delivered an earnings profit. Uh, Companies saw strong uptake of core products given its uh, customers continuing to increase the number of service providers they connect uh, using Megaport's platform. Uh, then we have Bubs Australia, uh, 280% increase in uh, fourth quarter revenue, uh, largely driven by uh, the US and also a pickup in China. Uh, Bubs looking ahead expects its infant formula will continue uh, forming a significantly high proportion of revenue in the future. Uh, then we have Beach Energy, quarterly production up 9%. Uh, quarterly revenue up 10% to $504 million. So uh, um, let's go around the grounds. First up with Megaport. Henry, what do you think of the Megaport result? Uh, well, I've got to say, gosh, Megaport's been on a, a mega downer recently. Yes. And it has been uh, sold off big time. And I guess this is answering the critics to some extent. So, you know, seeing this number today and the extent of the damage that's been done as this is a tech stock, obviously, and it has been falling away. Uh, a big, big rally today, nearly 20%, I think, at the moment in terms of the market. So clearly the market likes this. There are a lot of shorts, I think, out there as well that got a little bit caught on the hop with this one. So it it remains, you know, in the data space, in the cloud computing space, certainly uh, are one of the ones to watch. So, you know, I had this in the small cap portfolio. It didn't do me any good at all and uh, fell away and uh, I've ended up cutting it but now regret cutting it but uh, I'd like to see some broker reaction I guess tomorrow maybe there'll be another chance to get on board this one but certainly to answer the critics I guess with this kind of report was pretty good and the market has reacted accordingly plenty of shorts should do well in the coming days I would suspect. So hold it if you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Rudy? Definitely. Uh, Well I I agree with Henry I mean the this is not just a technology stock, it's, it's a loss-making technology mm. stock, which has had a few bumps 
along the way, and that's why it's, it got sold down so yeah. heavily. I mean, the market doesn't like uh, non-profitable companies uh, yeah. when, 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 when the reversal kicks in. Um, I think the big news here is not the 10%. The big news is they've, they've actually stopped the bleeding. Yep. So they have responded to, uh, to market requirements. Uh, however, um, I think when they have to stop the bleeding, and obviously they have, they're not going to preserve cash flow and stuff, it will, it will stint their growth. Right. A company like the position where they're in, they need to spend a lot of money and, and get, get their product out there. Um, so I, I, would, I would still be relatively cautious right. here. Well, I, I agree with, with, with Henry. The, there was probably some short covering in there right. uh, because it was one of the obvious stocks to, yep. uh, to, to yep. short. Yep. Uh, Bubs Australia, the infant formula. Yeah. Uh, China <laughs> clamped down on it. Share yes. price sank. Yes. Yes. Then US was short of infant formula. So Joe, moved, Joe yes. Hockey's yeah. Bondi Partners yeah. did the deal with them to yeah. uh, export yeah. into uh, and yeah. save American babies. Exactly. They're doing all the right thing being, being a small company and, yeah. and responding to, to market. I mean, longer term, with these small companies, and, and Henry will, will probably uh, have a better insight in that one, you have to pick them at the right time. I mean, right. The right time was probably a little bit behind us when right. they first moved into the U.S. Yeah. Um, I mean, at some point, the U.S. will resolve their, their supply problems, and then Bob's is still one of those little Italy, yeah. Italy players in that market. So I'm not a big fan of, of, of Bob's at all, yeah. uh, because it's so small, it's, it's still in development, it, yeah. it's, I mean, you can question um, and also the, the industry dynamics are actually quite tightening and you see that with the likes of A2 Milk having a much yes. tougher time yeah. and, and China is a, is a very big component in that one. Yeah. Uh, Henry, uh, Bubs, of course the Nor Northern Beaches of Sydney company, born and bred. It is, in, it is a born and bred Northern Beaches company, that is true Koshi. I actually went skiing once and uh, Spent the weekend with the husband of the founder of Bubs. Oh, yeah. There you go. They were 45 cents at the time. They're now 64 odd cents. Have to say, I like this one. It's a bit Elvis Presley for me. It's now or never. And uh, <laughs> this, this is the opportunity of a corporate lifetime for Bubs. Oh. If you can't make money out of the operation, fly Joe, fly in terms of uh, infant formula into the US then you are doing something wrong. So now it just becomes about execution. This is the gift horse in the mouse mouth. Abbott is in all sorts of trouble. And of course it damages reputations. And we saw this back in China, uh, back in the early yep. 2000 with, with the melamine issue in terms of their infant formula. And it opened the gate, the floodgate, if you like, for the likes of uh, Bellamy's, A2 milk and all yep. these, which unfortunately that gate has been slammed a little bit closed in recent times but bubs this is their time in the sun don't stuff it up guys um, i added this one to the small cap portfolio i'm a happy holder i have been a bit of a debbie downer on this one for a long long time i have to say and i have changed my mind i think it's always good to be able to change your mind and i have changed my mind on this one mainly because this is the golden opportunity okay. and execution now is key uh, but all the numbers are heading in the right way. So if you can't make money out of this, you okay. really stuff something All right, up, a buy so. from Bubs from you. And finally, Beach, uh, beach Upgrade. Um, beach, I've never really been a massive fan of Beach. It's kind of fallen between the biggies and the littleies. Um, but clearly the oil price and gas price is going in their way. I mean, seven 
Group and Kerry Stokes are the big holders of Beach. Um, it promises so much, but has had a credibility issue after it downgraded its reserves uh, some little while ago, and that really did whack, I think, for me, my um, my trust in the in the uh, in the company. So, for me, it's probably a hold only because of the oil price at the moment. Mm. Uh, Rudy, yeah, well, you have to be a believer in the in oil price here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a very simple observation. Uh, it's probably about decade ago um, when Beach first landed on the radar of most investors and it was trading at the time between one dollars and two dollars yeah. guess where it is today between one dollar and, and two dollars exactly <laughs> so um, I would say trading purposes only and you have to believe that there's no recession coming right. and that the oil price stays high okay <laughs> all right uh, so there is reaction today uh, Beach you know, didn't move bubs up seven seven percent to 58 cents and Megaport up 20% today. And uh, as uh, Rudy and Henry saying, a lot of that increase would have been short covering as well. So we'll have to wait and see how it settles down over the next couple of days. All right, let's get into the stocks that uh, you want the view of the expert panels that you've sent in. Uh, Roger, Rudy wants a view on Premium, uh, the big uh, portfolio administration investment platform. Uh, wealth management um, uh, or tool for the wealth management industry. Roger says, currently trading around 61 cents, P of 36, consensus value of a dollar. Uh, recent sale of their overseas business, special dividend capital return, uh, and their most um, uh, recent update was pretty positive. Um, what do you think of Premium? Let me, let me try to summarize here. Um, I'm, I, I'm traditionally not a big fan. Uh, it's not a high-tech company. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it always had uh, difficulties in getting that international business going. That's now being sold, the net yeah. wealth. So I think that is the key. I think mm. uh, it's probably lining up as a positive surprise in August. Uh, it's going to show the world, like, without the international operations, look how profitable we are. And, and, uh, but I think, and, and the share price is quite, is quite cheaply priced here. So I think in, in the short term, it may well be that in that sector where you have net wealth, hub 24 yeah. and, and premium, it may well be that this is the best prospect for the time being. How else, how, however, if you take longer term, I, th I think the better prospects are with net wealth and with hub 24. Right. Uh, much better, uh, larger companies, uh, much better attuned with uh, the shifting dynamics in, in the platform industry in Australia. Also the fact that a lot of financial planners love to use them and, yeah. and to shift their money from the bigger guys to the smaller guys. These guys probably are on a mega trend lasting for another decade or so, uh. but it doesn't go in straight lines. And as we saw with the updates from uh, HEP24 uh, recently, um, there's probably some, um, let's call it slower growth ahead for those guys. Yep. So at the moment, for that reason, it's probably, it's probably possible that premium offers the best prospect, but it's also a much slower player, much smaller and, and, and higher risk. So okay. longer term, I would, I would not go for premium. Um, Henry? Um, I agree with Rudy. I think longer term you don't go for premium because I don't think there's going to be any longer term for premium. I think it will get knocked off. I think it will be taken out by one of the bigger players. You know, they've got a pretty good set of numbers coming out with funds under administration, 40.5 billion, which is up 10%. They've also jettisoned that international business, which was always kind of holding people back, I think, from uh, buying a clean Australian 
facing business and you know we we do see in times of trouble and the the platform stocks in the hubs and the net wealth etc have gone through a little bit of a shakeout uh, consolidation is due in this industry and i think premium is ripe to get knocked off uh, most mm -hmm. of the brokers have got valuations higher than we currently are and as i say i just don't think it's going to be around for the long term it just sticks out like a sore thumb it's doing all the right things we should get an earnings surprise the update was pretty good and um, it's going to be a tasty morsel, $350 million market cap, nothing for one of the big players to, uh, to take out. And it will just increase the, the consolidation that we're going to see in this sector, I think. So this is definitely a buy for me. Okay, uh, buy on the, on the M&A uh, future. All right, there you go. Well, I, think, I think buy on the business and the M&A as well. I think this is, you know, we're in recovery mode for these sorts of uh, stocks. Yep. Uh, having been really bashed in the June sell-off. So uh, buy for the business because it's heading in the right direction and also come for the M&A as well. Okay. Uh, Henry Sarah wants a view on Reese, the big supplier of plumbing, bathroom, heating, waterworks, air conditioning. Uh, group, we're in a, in a housing boom at the moment, a building renovation boom. Um, will they benefit? Um, yes. I mean, we're, we, we've been through a bit of a building renovation boom. Both of our neighbours have uh, been renovating like crazy, spent a fortune on their homes, and now they've finished. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to continue uh, across the board. I have to say, and there's cost pressures as well. Um, I'm not a massive fan of this one, I have to say. Uh, we did see margins weakening and uh, headcounts, etc., and all those sorts of things. Yeah, it's just, you know, we've got a bit of inflation, building product costs are up, and uh, you've got to hold more inventory, supply chain issues, slowing housing market. Not for me at the moment. I think if you've got it, bearing in mind the, uh, the, you know, the, the performance of the thing, here we are, uh, well, well off its highs, then you probably want to hold it. But if you're looking at new things to buy, can't see too many reasons to buy this given the headwinds that we have in the housing market here as interest rate rises so okay. not for me i'm afraid yeah you look at that sort of uh, as you say uh supposedly a, a building boot 28 dollars down to 14 yep. just since the middle it's, of december it's been flushed out this one yeah. uh -huh. boom boom um that's that almost reminds me of the divorce i want half uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Really, what do you think of it? Well, I'm with, I'm with Henry on this one. I mean, this, this is traditionally what uh, was one of those family-owned businesses that ha actually had a rather quiet existence on the stock exchange, always regarded as, a, as a quite a high-quality business and, yeah. and always trading at a premium. But the, 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 the free float, the, the, the available of shares was always quite low, right. uh, so fund managers were never really interested. That changed when they moved into the U.S., so right. it's actually now become a U.S. story. Mm. But um, we should all realize we're only a few weeks out from the reporting season. We are going to get yeah. a lot of insights. And, 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 and I think the share price, the halving of the share price reflects, the, well, there's two things here. First of all, it was trading at a massive premium previously. Yep. People obviously had very high expectations about what could possibly happen in the U.S. Now, the U.S. market is really deflating quite quickly. And, mm. and we're now talking possible recession in, yep. in maybe six months' time. That's why the share price is half. Right. And, and, and the other problem is we don't know yet. Um, I mean, having renovated a house myself, I can guarantee you this, it's very difficult to get stuff. Mm. I mean, just coming into the country. So it, it goes without saying that a company like Reese has had difficulties with supply chains.
So how is that going to pan out in the results? We don't know that. It's going yeah. to come in August. So yeah. this company, I would be, I would be for the time being, quite cautious for as right. well. And if you own it, you maybe have a long, longer term view. And I hope you didn't buy it at, at double the price. Yeah. Uh, but you may want to hold. Maybe you may want to hold it and just wait what comes out in August because this reporting season is going to have a lot of volatility either way. Yep. And uh, like Henry's uh, remorse that he sold out of uh, Megaport. You may, you may want, you don't want to have remorse uh, selling out of Reese, but it might, mm. might, might rally by 10% in August. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, Jerry, uh, Rudy wants a view on Globe International, the uh, um, sort of the streetwear, skatewear, yeah. um, and skateboard sort of business. <laughs> I'm um, old enough to remember when they IPO'd on the ASX with yeah. a lot of fanfare. Um, and they, haven't, right, haven't, they, they haven't done much since. Nah, I mean it's uh, it's it's a very small retailer. Uh, obviously, it has a, a particular a youth feel to it. But they do have a workwear business, don't they? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more, it's more than, yeah, it's, it's more. They've done, they've done some acquisitions along the way. But yeah. They also had um, let's call it a lot of uh, volatility along the way. I yeah. mean, the, the business at one stage. Had, had to be scrapped from off the bottom as well. Um, I'm not a big fan for the simple reason that I believe that uh, the big question mark in Australia is uh, consumer spending. Yeah. And yes, okay, they, they, oh. have a, they have a different audience than has. Didn't JJ Hi-Fi put that yes, to bed yesterday? Yes, but, see, yes, but oh, oh, that's the big question mark. Yeah? Are, we, are we early in the cycle or are we late in the cycle? I think we are early. Right. So we haven't yet... Ah. We haven't yet seen the, the full impact of the RBA rate hikes, right. and there's more coming. Okay. So I'm, I'm with the people who say, like, just wait. Uh, right. it, the, 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 the purse of the household will, will be squeezed here, okay. and, and, and you never know how that, how that works out. But also, it's, I mean, this company really operates in the margin. The trading volumes are quite low every day. The, the, the market cap is low. Um, I mean, if you want to play a retailer, there's probably less risky retailers to play than someone in the margin was very, very small. Okay. Uh, Henry, what do you think of Globe? Um, I have to declare now, Koshi and Rudy, that I am a shareholder of Globe and have been for many a long moon. My son, Will, was a, um, a skateboarder. He still is a skateboarder. So I bought the shares uh, because it was something that we could sort of share together, if you like, a shared experience. Uh, they do pay quite a good dividend yield, I must say. But the problem with these guys, apart from discretionary spending stocks, are on the nose although I would question uh, whether this is a discretionary spending stock because the amount of pestering that my son used to give me to buy him the latest Globe shoes, there wasn't much discretionary about that. It was um, very much pesky spending. And the youth market doesn't have the same mortgage pressures because they can't afford a mortgage as uh, the rest of us do have. So um, there's a few things that are attractive about this one, but it just doesn't trade very much at all. It's owned by the Hill family. Uh, they've got around 70-odd percent of this. This is a trade-by-appointment kind of stock. Yeah. Once again, good yield, uh, good business, probably not as um, problematic in terms of discretionary spending as some of the others are. Maybe the likes of uh, you know, Accent uh, is one that has probably a little bit more of a higher demographic So, uh, in terms of age group. So I'm, I'm not a fan of this. I do own it, but I do own a tiny weenie parcel. And it's more yeah. for old time's sake than anything else, and it was yeah. an exercise to prove yeah. to my son. But they have been uh, well and truly whacked, and I think we, yesterday we saw with those JB Hi-Fi numbers, everybody's scratching their head and going, well, hang on a second, maybe the people are spending. And I mm. think if you, know, if you go around the shops, everybody is still out there. There's a lot of money still around, and it, 
the uh, the interest rates haven't really hit and probably won't for a year or two a lot of fixed rate mortgages won't be affected for some time and by then who knows we might be in a recession they might be cutting rates so they might never fear uh, those uh, mortgage rates so um, it's probably a, it, at these levels it's a hold but it just doesn't right. trade enough to be a okay. sensible investment yeah. the, the liquidity issue you know there's a saying about a lobster pot like it's easy uh, to yes. get in but try to get out yeah uh, yeah in stocks like that absolutely um, Henry Rob wants a view on Stanmore saying uh, it's bought some of BHP's uh, coal mines set to expand production into metallurgical coal substantially. Met coal always going to be needed for steel making, uh, according to Rob, um, at least until hydrogen arrives. Forecast earnings for next year, $1.22. Current share price now below 2 bucks. Price has been hit by the Queensland royalty issue. Does it look cheap? Does it look cheap? Well, of course, this is met coal, not thermal coal. At the mm. moment, thermal coal is all the go. You look at Whitehaven, absolutely knocking yep. the lights out at the moment with that thermal coal price. And the demand uh, huge for those guys uh, because of the uh, the power stations that run on thermal. Met coal, of course, is in, used in steel, uh, which is a kind of a different dynamic at the moment. And we've seen the iron ore price come off. We've seen China remaining in lockdown. It did get whacked, as you rightly say, on the back of the Queensland royalty thing. These guys operate the Isaac Plains complex in the Bowen Basin. Uh, so that is a big, big uh, Queensland operation there. And the company said they were extraordinarily disappointed, or very disappointed, with the tax increases that we saw from uh, Palaszczuk in Queensland. So that is a Debbie Downer on this stock. It has bounced, I guess, because coal is coal. Yep. to some people, whether it's thermal or met coal. But if you're going to play the coal market, you just got to look at the behemoth that Whitehaven is becoming at the moment, mm. the amount of cash that it's throwing off. I think at these prices, it's probably a hold. But, um, you know, I think there's better coal stocks right. to buy for that gearing to thermal. Okay, Rob, than uh, it's fallen 30% since Rob bought it. He was saying, should he sell? So you're saying hold. Should he average down? I, 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 I think, Rob, uh, you'd probably regret selling it here. Yeah. Average down? Um, if they had another little spike down, yes, I think I would okay. be... Uh, I'd, I'd probably go a little nibble, as we say, Koshi, mm, okay. um, around uh, maybe eighty, uh, that sort of level. And um, it gets me thinking with Whitehaven's announcement during the week whether the New South Wales budget <laughs> might be looking to do... Uh, something similar to Queensland. Um, Easy budget repair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rudy, what do you think of Stanmore? I never average down, by the way. People right. go bankrupt by averaging down. Your investment okay. doesn't become a better investment. You know what I mean? You're actually right. just, just throwing more money at it. But then again, it depends on all depends on what your strategy is. And, yep. and, and, uh, and I can tell, I mean, if you really are, are trading a certain stock, I can see why you do that, because otherwise you, you may not get into the positive again. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few warning signals, I think. Um, the fact that, like Henry pointed out, coal is absolutely flying as, as, as a global sector. And then, and then you have some of those coal players that actually really stay behind. I mean, um, yesterday I, I picked up a story of Allegiance Coal, where people have lost a lot of money right. by playing a very midget play in, the, in that sector. Yep. Um, I'm always very hesitant to go for the 
cheap looking stocks that, that stay behind in a massive rally. Because yeah. often you will find out uh, uh, over time, there's a very good reason why. Yeah. And you, saw it for you see it for example also in the gold sector with the gold miners that stay behind, they're most likely to issue a profit warning next or, yeah. or have a mine flooding or something along those lines. The other thing is there's a lot of question marks about uh, China in general, about China and steel. Yeah. Um, so I'd be, I'd be more cautious than, than Henry is. And um, and I'm but what I what I agree with Henry is usually when you when you play a sector like that it's often better on a risk reward basis to simply go for the big guy in the sector, yep. and I couldn't help but noticing this morning Morgan Stanley issued a report, uh, no, uh, summing up seven reasons why you should still buy Whitehaven Coal, so why would you go for any of the smaller ones just right. just go with Whitehaven I mean these guys are literally swimming in cash. Yeah. For as long as it for as long as it lasts, yeah. But then again, with the right uh, risk appetite, that's why you're in gold. Yeah. Um, Gorab Sadi from Intelligent Investors now so overweight coal in his personal yeah. portfolio because yeah. he's big into New Hope and, and Whitehaven. Nathan saying. It's got to change. You're at the peak of the market. Oh, it will always. It yeah. some spreads. They're Gorab's saying, though, yeah. coal is a broken commodity yeah. because when prices rise, it attracts more investment. But with coal, yeah. there'll be no more investment uh, because, because of, of the, old the ESG, ESG yeah. and governments not yeah. allowing it and yeah. things like yeah. that. It's so. possible, but even then, I would argue, at some point, the, the, the dynamic will, will so change. So Gorab... Gorab saying Whitehaven still a buy, um, as, as well for your reasons, yeah. um, Morgan yeah. Stanley saying. Uh, Henry, do you reckon even at these levels is Whitehaven still a buy? It is, or pretty, nosebleed. It is pretty nosebleedy up here, Koshi, I've got to say, but given the, the update that we saw the other day and the amount of cash that these guys are throwing off, unless there was some dramatic fall in the oil price or something was settled in the Ukraine, which and we saw the Nord Stream pipeline come back on uh, line as well, then, um, yeah, I think, you know, this one's going to go higher. Interesting look at uh, New Hope and Sol Pats, of course, which yes. has got a big holding in New Hope. Um, and as Rudy says, it's sometimes not great to look at the cheap ones in the sector, and uh, it's hard to replicate uh, the success of Whitehaven. But... Um, now, a rising tide does live, lift all boats, and people will be looking at those mm. coal stocks that have been left behind, uh, and irrelevant really of whether it's met coal or thermal coal. Uh, I think you know, as the the broken investment case for a thermal is uh, is also the same for met coal as well. Yeah. All right. And um, Paris wants a view, uh, Rudy, on cochlea. The uh the big medical technology group, the bionic ear. Fantastic business. Yep. Uh, the only disadvantage at this point in time, it has rallied quite hard from, right. uh, over the past five or six weeks. And so have CSLs, the ResMeds, uh, and some yep. of the other ones. So, Pichel, um, so if you own it, um, I mean, I, I, full disclosure, I, I, I am more a fan at this point in time of ResMed and, and CSL. Right. Um, there are some question marks longer term about the, the exact um, total addressable market to, to, to take it very uh, uh, very specific for, for cochlear. But nevertheless, this, this remains a high quality business on the, on the stock exchange. Right. It always trades at a premium. At this point in time, I would, I would hold it at best. Yeah. 
Um, but those are the type of stocks that you want to buy when, when they, for example, disappoint in the reporting season or something, and yeah. they get sold off. Yeah. Then you just add more shares, essentially. Okay. Right. One, um, one of the Australian success stories oh of yeah, the past two decades. How good Cochlear, ResMed, um, CSL, we really punch above our weight Absolutely. in this medical Absolutely. area, which Absolutely. is just wonderful. And, we, and when people always talk about uh, we, don't, we don't have the depth in, in technology what the US has, I always say, like, well, it depends on how you define technology. Yeah. This, this is world-class technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But quite a narrow trading range if you look at yes, the and, 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 and one of the reasons is that some of those companies have been disrupted by, by, uh, by, the, by the pandemic in 2020. Yeah. So on, 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 a, on a scale of only the last two or three years, you will see they've, they've merely traded sideways. Yeah. Because cochlear, for example, if people can't go into hospitals, yeah. Well, there's no there's no implants to be yeah. to be added, yeah. so that, and they had Good to point. raise money in 2020 as well for that particular reason. So, the healthcare sector has been severely disrupted mm. in, in 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 by the pandemic. Yeah. But it's coming out now. I mean, you see that in in the share price, for example, of of, of CSL as well. Yeah. Right? Okay, uh, Henry Cochlear. Yeah, Cochlear. Not really one that um, I. I must admit, but for the reason I, I, I struggle, I, I know that this is fantastic technology and to watch those videos of, uh, of kids and people suddenly being able to hear is, is just amazing and I think there's a lot of goodwill in this stock, but really and truly there is competition coming, they have a big Chinese business which I'm not sure is firing on all cylinders at the moment. Uh, it is an expensive procedure and does rely on insurance companies a lot of the time to actually um, stump up the money it's not cheap to have a cochlear implant by any stretch of the imagination so uh, it's not just a, a simple procedure so i i think this sideways is the way to go with this one i i probably prefer csl i'm not a big fan of resmed i have to say uh, not uh, not been a fan for a while and um cochlear for me is just a sideways technology is great there are people nipping at their heels in terms of copying uh, their technology. That's, I guess, one of the problems when you go to China, and we've seen this time and time again. You go and do a JV in China, or you set up manufacturing in China, and the Chinese are very, very good at copying things, and even in some cases making it better. You should only ask Mr. Mr. Musk about how well the Chinese now are, are producing electric vehicles. Even the Polestar looks pretty impressive coming out of the Chinese own Volvo. So. Um, there is that risk, and we've seen this before. Chinese bent, uh, the U.S. going into recession, insurance companies clamping down. Not, not really for okay. me. I prefer probably CSL, which is a little bit more recession-proof, given that people are paid to uh, donate blood in the U.S., which is the core of their business. Although they do have the uh, issue with betting down the Vi4 pharmaceutical purchase. So, um, cochlear for me, hold at best. Okay. All right. Uh, let's recap the, uh, the first five stocks at our stocks of the day. We had three Megaport, Bubs and Beach. Uh, Megaport, a hold from uh, Henry, a no from Rudy. Uh, Bubs, uh, a yes from uh, Henry. Good time to buy it, a no from Rudy. Uh, Beach, a hold uh, from Henry, a no from Rudy. Uh, premium, a, uh, a no from Rudy who prefers uh, net wealth and hub 24 in that space. Uh, a buy from uh, from Henry, 
who says uh, good business, but also it's likely to be gobbled up in this market. Um, uh, Reese, um, a no if you're in it, maybe a hold from both Rudy and Henry. Uh, Globe, a hold from uh, Henry, a no from Rudy. Stanmore, uh, the same, a hold from um, from Henry, a no from Rudy. And Cochlear, a hold from both, although Henry prefers in that space. At CSL. Uh, here on the call, we're tracking our own high conviction fund, uh, fantasy fund, which is picked by our investment committee. Latest episode is live on osbiz.com. Uh, at the moment, let's check the portfolio. Tyro, Qantas, Frontier, Digital Ventures, Tabcorp and Steadfast were removed at the last committee meeting. Uh, Babcorp was added to the portfolio, um, up their cash to over 10%. Uh, the fund currently down around 5% on a cumulative return basis since the 1st of March. Keep sending, of course, all your requests in for the call because that's the first filter to get up to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Maggie Beer, uh, Macquarie Telecom, Nanosonics, another uh, tech medical business, uh, Olcam, which reported today as well, gave an update, and KNS Corporation. All right, um, um, Henry, uh, who wanted Alice, wants a view on Maggie Beer Holdings, the, uh, the food and beverage. Uh, business in premium products and much more than the Maggie beer um, um, ice cream that um, a lot of people <laughs> love to eat. Uh, what do you think of Maggie beer? I was going for quince paste as opposed to the ice oh, cream. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see, nice let's as see well. where your heart lies, but yeah, I like exactly. what you're thinking. <laughs> I like where you're thinking. Uh, Maggie beer, another one of these stocks that just is doesn't trade there's no liquidity in the thing there's not even a, a single share has traded today um, so that is not good we had a business update from them a little while ago uh, which did allude to margin pressures uh, global supply chain cost increases all these sorts of things but they are seeing the ability to pass some of those price pressures on to customers uh, they don't have any debt and uh, they've got strong margins, gross margins in excess of 50%. Uh, E-commerce sales are doing pretty well. They're up 165%. So it all looks quite good, but there are cost pressures, and it is another one of these ones that trades by appointment. I think Maggie herself has got around 2.8%, so uh, not bad to have your name on the company door with only 2.8% of the stock. Uh, They're talking about the first dividend or capital return, uh, no less than a cent, so that is positive as well. But again, it's just the problem with liquidity in these things. You know, they're 32 cents, no trades. Yeah. Um, it has. It did fall away on that update when they started talking about challenges. That's always a key word that the robots look for when they're in the trading game. Um, and it expected to decrease trading EBITDA by 4.2. The underlying uh, the dairy assets. Uh, accounting for some of the problems there and we have seen milk prices going higher so 
for me, you know, no. I like the ice cream. I like the way you're thinking, Koshi. Yeah. Um, I like the it's pace. I like the products, but there's just better things to be buying and doing with your money uh, than some of these lobster stocks where you just get trapped in them and you're beholden to one guy buying a lot or selling a lot, and this yep. one falls into that basket. All right. Rudy, uh, Maggie Beer, is it anything more than its burnt fig ice cream? This one, this reminds me about a, about a joke that uh, we always used to tell in the sector where a guy calls his stockbroker and says, buy 100 shares. And then the next day he looks in the newspaper, it looks like, wow, the share price has doubled. So he calls the stockbroker again and he says, like, I want to I wanna cash in my profits. The stockbroker goes, like, we can't do that. He goes, like, why not? We are the only one that's been buying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's typically the one with those stocks, yeah. of course. I mean, and I always question why people try to scoop up these little any tiny little companies that may have a brand in, in the real world, but in share market terms, they represent nothing. I mean, yeah. no one is there, nobody's interested, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, just in the general, in the general sense, is that the, the operational challenges are building this year for, for companies in general. And when you go to the, 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 the risks for disappointment through supply chains, rising costs, uh, you name it, are much higher with small companies than they are with, with large companies, yeah. and, and for obvious reasons. So you're taking a much larger risk for, for operational disappointment in August by going for these eeny, teeny, tiny ones. Okay, all right, avoid that one. Uh, what about uh, Tyler wants a view, Rudy, on Macquarie Telecom? The big telco, but is in yes. in data centers as well. Is it owned? That's the re- that's Canberra the that's, that's the reason why you why you would own this company. Yeah. I mean, I'm, as people probably know, I'm 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 still very uh, in favor of, of of that sector. It's yeah. still a mega trend. We're still uh, we're still using more and more data. We're still we still need the infrastructure to house those data. Uh, we have. Um, next DC on the market, which yeah. would be, again, would be my preference. Right. But Macquarie Telecom is in that same dynamic, yeah. essentially. So yes, you can own it. Um, it Macquarie Telecom is actually much more um, specialized. Um, many, many moons ago, I, um, I was able to, uh, to visit one of their very specialized uh, data centers. And it all has facial recognition, all of that, like the James Bond movies. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and that's man, that, that's obviously what the, the niche they've carved out. That's why they get the government contracts, yeah. the military the contracts, niche, and the so niche is government and military in Canberra. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's the reason why you why you own. And yes, you can own it. It probably, if I mean, it it probably has a, a many many years of, of 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 further growth ahead of itself. Right. Um, the only the only. Um, uh, caveat I would put in is that again we are only a few weeks away from the reporting season. Yeah. We don't know yet what 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 could have happened in terms of of margin pressure. Of okay, but Meg- Megaport was that an indication that the sector will do okay? No, because Mega- Megaport is the company that connects businesses to data centres. Yeah, and, and Macquarie Telecom actually runs the data centre. Right, houses. So that, yes, so there's, there's, yeah. there's there's actually I mean they're connected. I can imagine they both have a commercial relationship, but they're not really comparable, yeah. no. Right. And they're also in a, in a complete different uh, situation. Macquarie Telecom is profitable. They're yeah. in a complete different corporate uh, phase where they just build out the business. Yep. Megaport, is at, the, at this point in time, is still um, uh, building out its network, okay. essentially. So would you be buying Macquarie Telecom? I, I think, yes, you can, but I, I wouldn't go full in here because we are 
ahead of the reporting season. Right. So if you own it, by all means, keep it. If right. you if you if you want to buy it here, I would say start Wait nibbling. Don't go full in, because okay. the problem is if they come out with a good result, you might not get a chance to get back in yep. at a reasonable price. So, yep. but you also don't want to go full in because you, you don't really know what the reporting season is going okay. to bring us. Uh, Henry Macquarie Telecom. I love this stock. Um, I think it's one of the uh, the class acts in the sector, I have to say. But the problem is that it is really, really hard to get set in it. It's very, very thin. If an institution wants to buy this one, they can push this up by a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. And we've seen this uh, with this stock price. You've only got to look at the chart and they have these periods where they have big, big jumps. Uh, we did see the, them update the market recently. Eight years of consecutive EBITDA growth. It shows you the quality of their business. Um, 85 to 88 million now they're guiding towards, and that's now they're saying it's going to be towards the top end of that kind of 88 million. So, yeah, for me, this one is definitely a buy. But again, liquidity is the issue. If a big institution decided that they were a little worried about the business and wanted to sell 100,000 shares, well, it'd probably take them about two weeks to do that and they would disturb the share price. So bear that in mind. But it's one, if you do see weakness in the share price at any stage, and we did see this obviously in, uh, in the June period and earlier as well, then this is definitely one you should have on your list. But you will need to be patient uh, to buy it but, uh, so is, is, Net, is Next DC a better option for liquidity? No, I, I don't really like Next DC. I know no. that everybody loves it as a data centre. The problem I have with data centres <coughs> is, is, one, they cost a fortune to build. Secondly, they also cost a fortune to run because of the electricity costs and keeping them cool. And the other problem is that, for me, data just becomes another commodity. It's a bit like mobile phone plans. You know, there's no distinguishing between one data center and the next data center. Now, with Macquarie, Macquarie Telecom, as, uh, as Rudy points out, these are the high-tech James Bond kind of guys. Yeah. Um, just putting your data in a center. You know, you've got a lot of competition now with Amazon. You've got mm. Telstra as well. Something we tend to forget yeah. is that Telstra-run big data centers as well. And it just becomes a commodity, and then you're fighting on price. And then you're fighting on electricity costs to cool the servers down. So for me, I still think um, I would pass on Next DC. I know everyone loves it, but uh, and they always go, "Oh, data centers, it's great, it's an expanding business." Yeah, it is, but everyone's doing it, and it costs a fortune to build them. And Macquarie yeah. Telecom, they do it well. I, they're kind of the premium end of the data center business, rather than being your Aldis. They are your Marks and Spencers or your, your, um, your <laughs> David Jones, I guess. Yep. Would be the, okay. the, fun, the funny thing is that you can, you can rev easily reverse the, 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 the fact that it costs billions to build is actually a moat around the business. I mean, right. Nobody yeah. else does it because yeah. it's too expensive to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, responding to, uh, to the liquidity, the liquidity might actually increase because this is one of the stocks that is most likely going to, uh, going to be included in the ASX 200 in, in September. Right, okay. So All they right. might get more interest okay. before Telecom. All right, uh, Henry Cammy wants a view on Nanosonics. Um, of course, it's... Uh, Famous for its Trophon technology or device that disinfects um, hospital equipment and uh, ultrasound probes. 
Yeah, I mean, th this one's been on a slide for some time. Mainly, uh, part of it has been COVID, of course, and part of it has been it's seen as a tech stock to some extent, very big in the US. And uh, as the NASDAQ has slid, so has this. We are seeing this one pick up. Amazingly, as the NASDAQ picks up, this one's picking up. So it is one of those go-to kind of medical technology stocks that people do go for. Um, it's probably got more to run if the market continues to run. But I must admit, if it had a little bit further to run, if it got to around five bucks, I think I'd be um, I'd be taking some profits mm. from uh, from its lows. So I would be selling into this current rally. The U.S. and the globe is still not really. You know, I know we're ignoring COVID and uh, hoping that it's going to go away, but it really isn't going away. Hospitalizations overseas are still quite high, to say the least, especially in the US. It's not reported. Same with the UK. There was, I was reading there was 3 million people infected with COVID uh, the other day in the UK. That is a huge, huge number. So um, I think there's disruptions will still continue and it's had a good run. But, um, you know, if you sell into the rallies I think in some of these stocks and this one would be one to sell into. Okay. Really? Too much risk for the time being. Um, the one thing that Henry didn't mention is they have quit their uh, distribution relationship with General Electric yeah. which basically means General Electric is still selling their inventory in the meantime when, they, when Nanosonics is now forced to do their own selling in right. the United States. So that's, that's sort of like a So did they interest. institute that or GE? Um, good question. I don't remember, but it right. actually doesn't actually doesn't matter because right. it's 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 in place now. So they're actually competing now with their ex distributor, which yeah. which is selling until its inventory yeah. until they run out, and then in the meantime they have to uh, basically do it themselves now. So that poses quite a large question mark over how that. So for the time being, I mean, I, I like the business. I've definitely liked it in the past. It's one of the, again. It's one of those technological success stories we have in Australia, but their second product, the development, took way too long. They constantly mm -hmm. had to delay it. I, I think Henry is right. There's still disruption going on, but the big question mark is how are they going to do it on their own without, at one right. stage, the, the support from, from General Electric? And that may, may take another two years or so to pan yeah. out where we get a clear insight in, in their costs, their margins, yeah. their success. They, they like would that. say they'd get a better margin. Yes, but it might, it might require some time. Sure. Yes, because General Electric, of course, is an institution yep. and Nanosonics is not yep. uh, so Absolutely. far. All right. Uh, Nicholas wants a view, um, Rudy, on Olcam, Alcam, the old Oracobra. Yes. Um, lithium carbonate and boron uh, company, yep. Yep. Uh, predominantly... Uh, out of Argentina, has got a deal with Toyota. Yeah, to it's, that's, that's more of a Henry Jennings stock, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't update today. This it did, it well. did. And it all looks good, and I know this is, um, uh, I mean, this is a sector that attracts a lot of uh, yep. people. I mean, for me, it, it doesn't suit my risk appetite. It's too volatile, and it's also too uncertain because. While the longer trend, yes, the longer trend is we're all going to use more, more electric batteries, more electric vehicles, stuff like that. It doesn't tell you anything about what's going to happen in eight months' time or in six mm. months' time. And, 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 and this sector, if you look at the share price, it can be extremely volatile and changes can virtually all occur in, within a week's time or something along those lines. Yep. If you play this sector, this is probably the best one to play it through. It's the, it's the largest player now and the one that has 
some kind of like a track record by now, and, and yeah. you see it on today's results that they're not doing badly. The problem is what they don't control. Yeah. What they don't control is, is, is if China, for some reason, um, doesn't stimulate as much as the market is expecting, then, then those stocks can fall off a cliff quite mm. easily. Mm. And, then, and then again, rally, I mean, and then fall off a cliff again. Yeah. I mean? yeah. So for me, that's, so that's, for me, that's uh, too uncertain as well, because I do not know what the exact demand next year for electric vehicles in China will be. Okay. Uh, Henry, what do, you think, and what do you think of their update this morning? Um, Got to say, Koshi, you know, I am a lithium fan. And I think, you know, with, with oil at 105 bucks a barrel, we are barreling along to an EV future at a rapid pace. And as uh, the chairperson of Tesla said yesterday, and I think it was a clean energy summit with Rob, Robin Denholm, uh, Denhelm, Denholm uh, said that uh, basically Australia is in a unique position. We are the biggest producer of lithium in the world. Chile comes second. Now, these guys do it, they do it well. Record production, uh, record financial year production, 193,563 dry metric tons. They've got cash. These guys are like the Whitehaven of lithium. They've got cash of 663 million. They've had another 213 odd million US real dollars, not kangaroo dollars, uh, in the kitty in the uh, in the last quarter. So you know these guys are throwing off cash. The one commodity, well, there's a couple of commodities that haven't fallen through all this recession fear, is the lithium price. And we've seen that through the auctions that Pilbara have been doing, and also the coal price and the oil price to some extent. And that high oil price is just hastening the the uh, the EV revolution. And I think you know we're going to see continued elevated prices for lithium. This one is a buy. It did have a bit of a fall after the quarterly result came out, but um, the market has turned around, and we're now at 1.6 as opposed to be down 4%. So clearly. You know, there, there is some significantly good positives to this one. And I've been buying a few lithium stocks again today no. uh, just because, um, you know, they've just been bombed out. I think June, July was a bit of a... a so apart a, from all, Kim, what have you been buying? <coughs> um, Liontown is one of my favourites. I like to try and stick to, um, in small cap land, I like to try and stick to the ones that either are producers or yeah. near producers. Liontown has got a, a very, very big project at Kathleen Valley. Uh, the other one that I like is Pilbara, which is a producer. And when you look at the top seven companies around the world that produce lithium, Alchem, Pilbara and IGO are our Australian representatives. IGO through their, uh, their joint venture at Greenbushes, of course. Yeah. So I think that the narrative around this remains strong. The prices of lithium stocks have fallen because everyone was worried that the lithium price would collapse, as has the copper, nickel and everything other price. But that hasn't happened. Not to say that it won't, but yeah. at the moment it hasn't because the reality is there's just not enough supply, especially yeah. in the short term, to, uh, to cope with the demand yeah. as people are racing around trying to secure that supply. Because otherwise, if you build the cars and you've got no batteries, you've yeah. got no sales. Yeah. And uh, of course, we covered MinRes in the uh, on the call yesterday. If you want exposure to lithium as part of a bigger resources portfolio, is an option as well. Did, did anyone mention yep. Bishop, Mrs. Bishop? Oh, Julie. yeah, no, Julie. <laughs> yeah, go online. Oh, this is uh, Julie Bishop. 
has done a, um, a staff recruitment or a staff induction uh, video for Mineral Resources in their in their new building. It's online. Really? Okay, it's yes. on YouTube. Yes, have, have a yes. look at it, Henry. <laughs> it would it would uh, really appeal to your sense of humour. Uh, it appealed to my sense of humour. But when you get Julie Bishop doing a seven-minute staff induction video that includes that includes Hugh Jackman in it, it is wow. I. I actually, I actually thought this would turn me off investing in mineral resources um, uh, because it's so over the top and so weird. Um, I thought, oh, okay, See, this for, is for strange. A, for a split second, I thought he was going to say this turns me on, but he said off. He said off. No, he said no, off. Yeah, off the stock. Well, off the stock. So I'm thinking. <laughs> This must have cost a fortune. It's like a Hollywood production. Anyhow, have a look at it. Uh, our final stock, uh, Henry Lara wants a view on KNS Corporation, the transport and logistics and warehousing uh, tech group. Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, uh, Koshi, um, beware Polly's pushing companies. They've got a terrible track record of being on yep. boards. Yep. Um, the only good one was John Barilaro getting himself a good job in New York, and even that hasn't... Fared too well. Right. Um, KNS earnings, yup. It's um, it's another one of these stocks that just. Why do people keep writing about stocks that never trade? You know, this is 56% owned by Scott Group and 13% owned by Fox Group. So you've got 70 odd percent tied up with two big transport companies. Uh, this one trades more by appointment than any of the other ones that we have oh, looked at today. Yeah. You know, in the last few weeks the highest volume on the day was 16,000 shares now that's fine if you want to buy a couple of thousand shares worth but at the end of the day this really isn't worth following there are so many liquid shares that are good that are bombed out that are cheap or expensive or whatever that you can go play in Uh, but this one you know I'm sure it's a great company Um, but at the end of the day there's just no liquidity these are just you know these are just listed for um, for vanity purposes, really, so that you can say, oh, we're an ASX-listed company. And it gives staff members a bit of a chance to have a valuation rather than having it private. But, you know, when it's 70% owned by two companies, two big transport companies, and it's, you know, pretty much New Zealand, Australia, yeah, no, not for me. I just can't see it. I remember when this company was an ASX 200 member, and uh, that probably explains my grey hair. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw it on the list, when I saw it on the list, I thought like, oh yeah, they still exist. (laughs) Because they've completely gone off the radar, because for for the reasons that that Henry has just mentioned. I always wonder what people are thinking when they think, like Henry says, there are 2,000 stocks listed on the ASX and at least 700, 800, 900 of them are very liquid and yep. you have research, you and have you can, brokers. And you, you can have, only have 20 in your portfolio. <laughs> Something like that, exactly. Yeah. And what are they doing or what are they thinking when they go to really in the darkest corner of the market yeah. and then finding a stock where you go like, and now what? Yeah, as Henry said, it could be a great business, great technology, but you know, not as a listed company. Uh, gents, thank you so much for joining us. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Always great to have you aboard. And Rudy Philip Van Dyke from FN Arena. Thank you, chaps. Uh, Thanks, guys. Uh, let's recap the final five stocks. Maggie Beer and No. Um, Macquarie Telecom, a hold from both uh, Rudy and uh, and Henry. Um, Rudy saying, have a bit of a nibble. 
uh, at it prefers next DC uh, in that space. Nanosonics, um, uh, a no from Rudy. Henry saying it's on a bit of a tear at the moment. If it gets to around five dollars, uh, Henry would be selling um, into this uh, into this uplift. Allchem, uh, a yes, uh, a strong buy recommendations from Henry. A no from Rudy because it's just not in his wheelhouse because it's uh, they're very volatile. Uh, companies and you don't know what's happening into the future with the lithium and KNS Corporation a no from both because it's just too small and illiquid. Uh, that's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you want us to cover and for me to put to our expert panel, put them in an email or call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at Aus- uh, Biz TV handle and uh, a reminder all the stocks in the calls portfolio head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio so much more happening on Ausbiz today there is a huge amount of news coming out and you will hear and hear it first here on Ausbiz and see it analyzed as well so don't go away Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.